Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking Syracuse basketball recruiting and some major changes for the Syracuse lacrosse program. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is our great friend from Rivals.com and CuseConfidential.com, Ryan Murray. Ryan, appreciate you coming back on the program. How are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. How are you? Yeah, Ryan, doing great. Looking forward to talking some Syracuse basketball with you, and we'll get you started on this one. 2022 guard Kadir Copeland will be taking his official visit to Syracuse on Tuesday. He's a late bloomer and relatively new to the Syracuse recruiting scene. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, and you you mentioned it right there that he's he's a late bloomer, uh, kind of in the the mold of of Benny Williams in that, I mean, he's not the high-end prospect like Benny is right now, but he was an unranked kid uh, two, three months ago. Now he's in our rivals' uh, top 150. He's coming in at uh, number 85. Uh, and it just kind of goes to show you that Jim Beheim and his staff, they, they still got an eye for identifying talent. Um, he's a, a, a big-time point guard, 6'6". Uh, kind of can remind you of uh, Kadari Richmond uh, that Syracuse had last year that unfortunately uh, is leaving the Orange. Um, but he's got that six-six frame. Uh, he's got great eyes um, as far as making passes and everything like that. His offensive game uh, for Syracuse fans to know is a little bit ahead of where Kadari Richmond was um, in high school at this point and and going into his freshman year in college. So uh, to have comparisons like that, not so bad. Um, but it'll uh, be interesting to see where Deer goes. Um, like you said, he kind of just burst onto the scene. On um, past couple of months, so he's kind of having a whirlwind recruitment uh, as of the last two or three months. Another key guard target in the 2022 class is Syracuse native J.J. Starling. Duke recently offered he's taking his official visit to Syracuse from June 25th to 27th, and he'll officially visit Connecticut after that. How does Copeland's recruitment affect Starling as another point guard, and where do you think Syracuse stands in the pecking order for him? 
Well, uh, the Copeland situation, he's he's the better fit for the two three zone right now, being a, a six six point guard and Starling being around six foot six one. Uh, the one thing that Syracuse does have going for it with, with Starling is they've had a great relationship uh, since he was playing in Syracuse, and then he decided to transfer to an out of state prep school. Um, so they've got that existing relationship that's there. Um, Syracuse has done okay with uh, Joe Girard at the point, and that's kind of a height comparison. Um, JJ is probably a little bit taller than than Joe Girard is uh, right now, um, so they can play him at the top of the zone. But I think if everything comes down to it, um, if you had to pick one over the other, Copeland gives you more versatility when it comes to the two-three zone. Um, but then again, you know, Starlin gives you that. Well, if Syracuse doesn't get him, unfortunately, you know, he goes to another school, and then could, is he going to be the the kind of guy that comes back and, and haunts you uh, down the line? And again, another uh, late bloomer. He was wasn't ranked um, when he first got offered by Syracuse, and then he kind of steadily has moved up the ranks, and now he's the 46 overall player in the, the class. Uh, so he, he is a very talented prospect. You take the height out of it, the kid can play. He's got a an offensive game that's obviously like all high school kids needs a little bit of work, but he's going to be there and he's going to be a, a top top player for somebody uh, in the next couple of years. Let's move out of the guards and into the forwards. We keep talking about late bloomers, so let's talk about a third one. An underrated wing in the 2022 class is forward Chris Bunch. He's taking his official visit to Syracuse from June 28th to the 30th. How do you like him for his fit with Syracuse's system of play? Um, I, I like him, and then there's one little thing, but it, and when I say it's a little thing, it's extremely little. Um, Bunch is probably 6'6", 6'7", where Syracuse would rather have its wings be 6'8", 6'9", so it's only the difference in a couple inches. But his game is, is what Syracuse needs. He, he's that kind of wing that can go in, score, defend, um, my best comparison to him is, is kind of a C.J. Fair type, the guy that comes in and can establish himself by the time he's a senior as a really solid prospect, somebody that's going to get better year in and year out. And he's got, you know, talk about him being a late bloomer. Uh, he may be a late bloomer in, in the rankings and, and stuff like that. I mean, Rivals right now has him as a, a three-star, um, and I think he's around 125 in the Rivals 150. But he's got a lot of offers. This This kid is is really going to jump up, I imagine, in the next rankings with offers from Florida State, Iowa State, um, a lot of other um, top schools that are always in the, the NCAA tournament or, or on the bubble. Uh, so he, Chris Bunch is a, is a guy that could really make a, a difference for a program. He's not going to be one of those guys that steps in right away, freshman, sophomore year, and, and do anything. But I imagine his junior and senior years, uh, it, it could be something special for Chris Bunch. And Ryan, we'll get you out of here on this one. We just talked about the guys who will be taking official visits. Syracuse has already hosted some big names already, several on the Rivals.com top 50. That includes Donovan Klingon, Chance Westry, Kyle Filipowski, Justin Taylor. Out of that bunch and the guys who have yet to take official visits, if you had to make a guess, which guys does Syracuse end up landing, if any? I, off the top of that list, I, I'd have to go. I just I really like the, the relationship that Syracuse has always had with J.J. Starlin. Like I said, the height might not be there, but the kid can play. Um, and him joining Kamari Lands on the, the commitment list um, would not be anything to sneeze at at all. Uh, the other guys, you know, Justin Taylor, 
uh, a more athletic Buddy Bayheim, um, in my opinion. Um, he's right there. I've been trying to catch him, but we've been playing phone tag back and forth because he's visiting everybody. It seems like under the sun in the next, um, you know, last week to the, you know two more weeks from now. Um, so I don't really have a, a great feel on where he's headed right now. Um, Chance Westry is also another one that's that's really interesting. Syracuse has seemed to be a leader for him at multiple times throughout his recruitment. Um, so that would be a, an eye to, uh, a person to keep an eye on. Um, but right now, if I had to, uh, you know, gun to my head, I would say between J.J. Starlin is, is, would be one, and then I would say Westry and Copeland, probably one of those guys, um, and possibly Kyle Flipkowski. Or Flip, uh, Flip, you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, possibly, <laughs> possibly be the other. The other one in that in that group, another you know New York Rens guy, uh, you know a connection to the Syracuse. Uh, so I, I like those guys um, to to join Kamari Lambs, uh, and I think Syracuse is going to start to be putting together a pretty nice class here. Ryan, thank you so much for coming back on the program again. Ryan Murray from Rivals.com and CuseConfidential.com. Make sure you are subscribed for some of the best Syracuse recruiting information out there. Ryan, appreciate the time as always, and we'll speak with you soon. Yeah, no problem, Wes. Anytime. Great speaking with Ryan, as always. And here's hoping for a big recruiting class coming up in Syracuse in 2022. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, what a huge couple of weeks in the Syracuse men's lacrosse world. Hall of Fame coach John Desco announcing his retirement after 22 seasons. He's replaced by Syracuse legend Gary Gate, who previously was head coach of the women's team. Do you find that to be a good move for Syracuse? I think it's a great move, Wed. Uh, in this scenario that played out, John Desco had a long, illustrious career at Syracuse, and you know, four coaches in 107 years, and they each averaged 26 years. He was going into his 24th season, and you know took a look back at his career and all that went on uh, in the past couple of seasons and then what went on in this past season with the off-field uh, situation involving Chase Scanlon and then the team coming up disappointingly short in the NCAA tournament, losing in the first round to Georgetown. So I think this is something that's kind of been brewing for the last couple of years. And you can throw out 2020, of course, with the pandemic season, but I think there were winds of changes that were developing, you know, even into, you know, 2018, 2019. And I think it took this kind of season where Syracuse had some really tough performances off field and losing ACC games to North Carolina and Notre Dame and right off the bat that Army season opener. And I think it got John Wildack thinking about the future of the program. And I think those thoughts accelerated uh, once the season ended in the first round NCAA loss and certainly uh, made a lot easier when you just have to stay within the department to find a successor and someone with the uh, the great pedigree of the great Gary Gate. Brad, Gary Gate filling out his coaching staff and the biggest headline is that he's hired Dave Petromala as his defensive coordinator. Petromala is regarded as one of the best defensemen of all time. He was, of course, the longtime head coach of Johns Hopkins, led them to two national championships while he was there. Brad, there's no debating his legacy as a player and as a coach. This move seemed like a no-brainer. It's simply a fantastic wow moment for the lacrosse program to 
hire a coach with a new coach P, if you will, uh, with Syracuse Ethics. And Petro is, is just, you know, one of the, the finest defensive minds in college lacrosse. So they reached for the stars and, and they, 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 they achieved that. And I also think back again to one of those moments making me feel old, that famous 1989 NCAA championship game at College Park when it was Gate against Petro and Syracuse won by one goal in one of the all-time classic championship games with so much talent on the field headed by those two Hall of Famers. And now they're on the same team. And that's really going to be amazing when it comes to recruiting. I mean, recruits, of course, weren't alive back then or they were very young and they don't remember those guys as players, but they watch YouTube. They they know about the legacy of those two players in, in college lacrosse and at great programs like Hopkins and Syracuse. So that's going to make it that much better when it comes to recruiting. And I think he's going to be a great fit there, Coach uh, P, because he coached it at Cornell, so he certainly knows uh, upstate and uh, the type of lacrosse that's played in in schools in upstate and on Long Island, and he's well-versed in, in, in the recruiting. And I just can't think of a better staff now with Pat March being retained on the offensive end. He had really started to make some gains. Of course, it was cut off last season, and, you know, they, they did have a tough year offensively this past year, but you could see the new fresh approach that March had taken when he joined Don, John Desco's program two years ago. So if Roy Simmons the third sticks around, he's really the backbone behind the scenes. That would be an added bonus and uh, just great things ahead for Syracuse lacrosse with Gary Gate, Coach P, and Pat March moving forward. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. I'm jealous, Wes, and I'll tell you why. I saw where Boston College uh, last week uh, finished off scheduling a home-and-home football series with Alabama. And Alabama is the football program that I've been dreaming about coming to play in the Carrier Dome. And taking a look at Alabama's non-conference schedule, it's now pretty much set through about 2034, 2035. Maybe there'll be someone canceling a game and an opening there, but I always wanted Alabama to be the one team that's not played football in the Carrier Dome to be an opposing team for a game against Syracuse. Likewise, on basketball, the team on my dream list is Kansas. The the top five winningest programs that Syracuse has not played in the Dome, they've already played, of course, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Duke. So Alabama and Kansas, my dream teams to play in the Carrier Dome for football and basketball, respectively. And after seeing BC was able to get them in 2031, I go, shucks. Hopefully John Wildack will be able to, you know, look and talk to his Alabama counterparts and make that happen someday. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Bayheim's Army. They're back for another year, and they've got a roster that includes NBA first-round picks Tyler Lydon, Malachi Richardson, and Chris McCullough. General Manager Kevin Belby told Syracuse.com he's tired of losing and he's put together a team that's got a legitimate shot to win it all. Best of luck to the Syracuse alumni team as they look to take home the million-dollar prize. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that the catfish sounds like a fish that would be afraid of itself. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.